Hey, and welcome to Beyond Motherhood Radio. I am so honored to share this space with you. Here we'll talk all things motherhood, parenting, relationships, mindset, child development, and tapping into your purpose, all to help you live your most aligned and best life. My name is Brittany, and I am married to my high school sweetheart, a mother to four children under the age of six, a certified parenting coach, and a former elementary school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. I am on a mission to help you raise amazing humans while living your purpose and staying somewhat sane in the process. If you're ready to go beyond motherhood, let's jump in. Welcome back to Beyond Motherhood Radio. My name is Brittany LaJoy and I'm your host. This week is Valentine's week. I know that this holiday can be polarizing for some. Some hate it, some love it. In our family, we love it. We don't do anything crazy. The kids don't get large gifts or anything like that, but they do get a little something to remind them that we are so in awe of them and they are so loved. This year they're getting heart pajamas and we all will have some cupcakes It's my five-year-old daughter's absolute favorite holiday because one, her love language is gift giving and you will, and gift receiving, and you'll hear more about that later today, but also because it is all about love. She has Valentine's cards hidden in her closet that she has made over six months ago for some of her friends and family. And she also loves sweets. So that's a bonus for her too. We all love it and it's a fun holiday to decorate for and the meaning behind it is just so fun and important. And today I wanted to bring in a topic that's so important for us as parents to be aware of, not that we have to be experts, but we have to have an awareness and a brief understanding because it can be very powerful for your relationships inside your home with your kids and with your partner. So on the theme of Valentine's Day, let's talk about love languages. The term love language was coined by a Baptist pastor named Gary Chapman over 30 years ago. And since then, love languages have been talked about all over the place. Chapman has written over 80 marriage and family books. That's crazy. And his most popular series is the Love Language series, which include the Love Languages Secrets to Love that Lasts, the Five Love Languages for Children, Teenagers, Men, Singles, grieving parents and teens, et cetera, et cetera. He has so many books. I find it so interesting that the original publication of the Five Love Languages book was back in 1990. And there is something to be said about a book that has held not only popularity, but also validity and timeless information. Unlike a lot of parenting books that, in my opinion, lose merit if they're older than 10 years old, this book in concept has remained accurate and essential for couples And then and now, and it also remained accurate for our children. Love is love, no matter how old the data might be. To put it simply, love languages are how you give and receive love. And these are not necessarily the same. So how you receive love is not necessarily the same as how you show love or give love. You could give and receive in two totally different languages, which is why it's important to figure it out communicate and keep it updated. Personally, I think that love languages can change over time or kind of fluctuate during a time or a season of extreme change. The bulk of today's episode is information that comes directly from Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages of Children. And I will give you kind of the cliff notes version of the book and how you can implement these concepts in your own home. But for more detailed and descriptive information, I definitely recommend picking up the book for yourself and giving it a read. I will share a link to uh, a handful of the Love Languages book in the show notes for easy shopping. If you're not familiar with the five love languages, they are as follows, and this is both true for adults and children. 
One, physical touch. Two, words of affirmation. Three, quality time. Four, gifts. And five, acts of service. The love languages really start to take shape as preference after four years old. That is to say that your child will start to favor one language over the others after they turn four. Until then, try and foster all love languages, which many of you most likely already do already. And if you don't, don't worry, I will share some ways to share some love later on in this episode. But first, let's dive into each of the love languages and get a little bit of a sense for them. The first love language is physical touch. This is exactly as it says, and it is probably the easiest one to foster, especially when your children are younger. Children whose love language is physical touch will feel a hug much more powerfully than those who do not prefer it. Further, it doesn't have to be a hug. Physical touch can be uh, rubbing the back when a child gets hurt, playing with their hair, holding hands. Even roughhousing with older children is a form of physical touch. In the book, Chapman suggests that some parents only touch their children when necessary, like laying them in bed or putting them in a car seat. It is essential to know that this is imperative to provide physical touch to your children in order for them to grow in their feelings of safety and security. Number two is words of affirmation. Speaking positively to your child will fill their love tank. Consequently, speaking negatively, harshly, or yelling will hurt them very deeply if this is the love language that your child prefers. Be cognizant of your tone of voice and your gentleness of your mood. A child whose love language is words of affirmation will be more affected by what you say and how you say it. Also, this is where praising the effort is huge for a child. Remember the internal motivation and emotional intelligence episode back in season one? This is where those tips really come into play for these types of children. Your good girl is not as effective as you put your shoes nicely away. Number three, quality time. Children who speak the quality time love language crave your undivided attention. They need you to be fully present in order for their emotional love tank to be filled. Kids who value this language are seeking seeking true connection. This is normally the child who always is nagging you or pulling in your leg to do things with them, to come play or draw or take them places. And it really offends them when you keep telling them, in a minute, in a minute. They don't necessarily need a lot of your attention, but when you give them your attention, you must give it all to them, even if it's only brief. Conversely, silent treatment is the worst thing that you can do for this type of child. They want to be in your physical space, but they're also seeking the communication and deep connection. The perfect time for this, and this rings true in our home, is bedtime. A bedtime routine can be different in every home, but an extra five minutes on the tail end of your exhausting day can make a world of difference for your child's sleep and, in turn, the start of the upcoming day. If you find that it is difficult to spend time with your children undivided, schedule them into your calendar. Your children will appreciate the fact that you value their time, and no matter how busy you are, try and make time for your kids. Number four, gifts. Do not confuse gift giving as bribe or payment for services rendered. For example, giving your child a toy after cleaning the room is not a true gift, but a payment of services. Does that make sense? Instead, a true gift is a genuine expression of love for your child. This one has always felt a little tricky for me, but as Chapman aptly says, you must fill your child's emotional tank first before the gift can communicate heartfelt love for your child. Said another way, make sure that there are other love languages that are checked off, that are touched upon as well, and the gift should not be a substitute for any other love language completely. Do not shower your child with too many gifts. 
A few other notes on gift giving that Chapman suggests. Be discerning when choosing gifts, especially toys. And gifts don't have to come from a store. Special stones, seashells, leaves, a handmade card are all possible gifts. Often this type of child will point out what you bought them, when you bought it, or show their things to visitors such as, look at what daddy bought me or grandma gave me. This is what my friend bought for my birthday three years ago when I was five, things like that. The giving and receiving of gifts is powerful expression of love to them, which is why they keep everything that they ever got and they can't go throw away anything because they are all symbols of love to them. It's hard for them to throw things away. So to make it easier for them, tell them you're going to give the toys or presents away to someone less fortunate. Children whose love language is gifts also like to show their love by giving gifts. So make everything you throw away a gift for someone else. The fifth love language is acts of service. As parents, when we serve our children, we make them lunch, we pack their bags, we help with homework. Our main goal is to not make them happy, but to do what's best for them, to fill their love tanks. I personally think that all children need this love language in order to meet their innate need of safety. When a child has a caregiver who they know is dependable and willing to help them and models this for them, they're naturally going to, one, start to do it for others, and two, feel secure in their relationship with their said caregiver. Similar to gift giving, this love language should not be used in isolation, but should be coupled with other languages. As we are not attempting to raise children who become completely dependent on the expectation of a parent doing everything for them, there's a definite balance that can be met with filling their tank while simultaneously helping them grow to be independent. Further, Chapman notes to never use acts of service to manipulate your child. For example, if you don't clean your room, I will not cook for you tonight. When this child needs you to fix their bike or help them put on clothes for their doll or fix something that's broken, they're not just asking for the task to be done, but they're asking for your love. Because to them, these acts are the highest form of expression of love. Now, You might be asking, yeah, these sound great and I can hear a little bit of my child in each of these, but how do I determine my child's love language? Well, here are a few things to to keep in mind. It definitely takes time, especially if you have a child under the age of four. This is why it's important to speak all five love languages. And as your child grows older, he will learn how to receive and express love and slowly they will start to specialize in a certain love language. I personally think that it's very true for adults, but for kids, their love language can temporarily change, especially during adolescence or a time of great growth. It's also important to note that if you happen to work against your child's love language, then it will hurt them more deeply. For example, if you have a child who seeks quality time and you disregard them over and over or ignore their request for attention, they might feel that a lot more deeply than a child who does not specialize in quality time. It might really offend them when you keep saying in a minute, in a minute. This makes complete sense, but it's just important to keep in mind. Now let's talk about how to discover their language. The top way to do this is to be observant. Now that you're more aware and you have more awareness of these love languages, you're automatically more equipped to be able to read who your child is on this deeper level and act in accordance. The first thing you can do is observe how your child expresses love to you. So this is best for like a five to a 10 year old, but here are some examples. Your child might say, mommy, you look good in that dress. Mommy, I love you so much. Thanks for helping me, mom. This child is likely a words of affirmation type of child. Another example would be, dad, can I have a hug? Can you hold my hand? Or your child comes to you and rubs your back. This is likely a physical touch type type of child. 
dad, can you help me fix this? I love my mom because she cooks for me. This is likely an active service type of kid. Or mom, can we play together? Daddy, let's read. This is likely a child who specializes in quality time. Number two, the second thing you can do is to observe your child and how they express their love to others. So if your child makes gifts for their friends and teachers, their love language might likely be receiving gifts. Of course, you cannot be the one suggesting that they should make gifts for their teachers because this is not a valid clue into their personal love language. If your child loves to hug friends, physical touch might be their primary love language, things of that sort. Number three, listen to what your child requests most. So all children crave attention. We know this. If they receive love by quality time, you may expect them to make more requests about getting to spend time with you as compared to other requests like, daddy, I want to hold your hand. Maybe something like, I just want to stay home together. Or can we go to the bookstore, just me and you? If they ask for a lot of validation, like, do you like my picture? Did I do good in my game? Then they might be assured by words of affirmation. Number four, notice what your child most frequently complains about. For example, you're always working. We haven't played football in a while. You always take care of the baby. They are likely requesting quality time. Or, mommy, do you love me? How much do you love me? Was my picture better than my sister's? They're most likely requesting words of affirmation. There are many benefits to speaking your child and your spouse's love language. When we work to speak on how they feel love, we will build internal motivation and confidence for our children. They will have a full emotional tank and more often, therefore, respond more positively to your guidance and requests throughout their life. Ideally, you will have more connection, respect, and cooperation over time. Of course, we want our children to be thoughtful, giving, and loving, and when we, as caregivers, work to model these things for our kids, they will in turn learn how to do that for themselves. They will see that there is different types of love and different types of ways to love others and to serve others. While prepping for this podcast, I asked my seven-year-old son what he thought his love language was, and I briefly explained all of them to them, and he was very quick to answer. He said, well, all of them except for gifts. I don't really care about gifts. And I have to say that I 100% agree with him. He's always been a lover in all types of ways. And if I were to pick with just one of the five for him, it would definitely be acts of service. He really, really, really appreciates things being done for him. And he shows his appreciation. And he's always the one to come to you and rub your back or your arm and tell you that he loves you. So he has so many qualities. And I think that um, that understanding love languages when I first became a parent gave me the ability to speak to all of his love languages and all of the love languages early on. And I think this gave both of us kind of a leg up. And Maeve is my five-year-old daughter, and she's the one who loves Valentine's Day, as I spoke about before. And before she was four, I would have said that she was definitely a physical touch type of girl. She is a sensory seeker too. Um, so she definitely seeks some sort of like yeah, sensory input. And uh, oftentimes that's by touching. She definitely still is and loves to have her back rubbed or hair played with all of those things. But as she has developed her love languages more, it has become clear that Maeve really, really, really loves gifts and gifts giving. And she is constantly making things for her entire class, which is made up of 24 students. And she keeps everything, like mentioned before. She just holds on to everything. Everything's important. It's special. She knows where she got it. She knows who she got it from. My three-year-old son is obviously still developing his languages, but right now he's all about quality time. Will you play with me? Mommy, want to race me? And he is constantly making a daily plan for us. When we get home from dropping the kids from school, 
we, we will race cars and then we will have a snack and then we will go to gymnastics and then we will come home and then we will build a racetrack. He's always looking for ways to connect and have that quality time. Now, Murphy, my 19-month-old daughter, she loves physical touch naturally, but of course, this may change as she gets older. I truly feel like learning about your child's love language can help you build that foundational connection that we strive for. You are never too late, and it is always the right time to start to get a better understanding of your child. I feel like this understanding will be so key, maybe even more key than in toddlerhood, but as my children grow and enter teenage years, do they want to hear about their performance at the basketball game or just do they want to hug after the game instead? Will gifts be important during the holidays as they get older or will they prefer a trip or experience more? All of this is such good information to learn. I hope you and your family have a wonderful Valentine's Day, and I hope this topic today was helpful for you. I apologize about my voice. It seems like I am losing it today. (laughs) Uh, Not feeling 100%, but such is life. And if you found value here, please feel free to share with friends and rate and review this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We can get it out to more listeners. I hope you have a beautiful week, and I will see you next time. Take care. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you love this episode. And if you did, would you please share it with another mom friend? We cannot support each other enough these days. And perhaps sharing this podcast will bring some light to someone else in your life. Feel free to leave a rating and review so we can continue to have these important parenting conversations together. With that, I'll see you next time. Take care.